This is the Robbie G Podcast, episode number nine. This episode features Bryce Gertzen. He is down in Peru practicing shamanism and participating in ayahuasca ceremonies, learning plant medicines and taking dietas and just learning more about the spirit world and diving deeper inside himself and the spirits that are around us. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's very informative. We talk about some cool stuff and yeah, get deep, going deep. This one's going deep. Get ready, get ready, get your wetsuit on because we're going deep. Yo, this is the Maestro Fresh West. We're chilling with Robbie G. And you already know I'm rocking out with my juice. Yo, what up? It's the Kid Mercules. Hey, yo, this is the one and only R.A. the Rugged Man. And this your man's O.B. Trice. Yo, this is Double Faction you're listening to. And you're listening to Robbie G. Robbie G. Robbie G. You already know what it is, man. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, dude? Not too much. You? No, just chilling, man. Yeah. Feeling groovy. <laughs> Feeling groovy. Good stuff. Good yeah, to, man. Good to have yeah. you How on. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am uh I'm chilling, just uh enjoying enjoying uh I guess what's lockdown now. <laughs> I mean it's pretty much the same yeah. as what I'm used to, just chilling in the studio <laughs> and working on music and stuff. So yeah. Oh beautiful man. Do you want me to have my video on? Um if you if you want to, sure. Yeah. I mean I'm trying to sure. trying to move move the show to uh to also having these uh the the I'll go sit somewhere that's a little bit more well lit. Oh, grab uh, some water here. Yeah, it's good to see your face, man. Good to hear your voice. It's been a while. Yes, yes. Thank you. Good to see you too. It's been it's been a minute. I'm trying to see. I don't know if the video is recording right now, so I want to message uh, my manager and just double check. Is the Zoom recording? Because yeah, sure. last time it had a little red dot in the corner saying that it was recording and i just don't see that there this time anyway regardless amazing to see you brother how are you doing down there in the jungle <laughs> in uh Fantastic. you're in pucalpa right, right now um, right yeah off in pucalpa little jungle city um in peru and we're just you know kind of waiting for traffic to come back um there's not really a whole lot going on here at the moment. Uh, luckily, Pucalpa is not really in that much of a panic state anymore. There's still some people walking around wearing masks, but in cities like Iquitos, um, I think it was the first place in the world to have reached herd immunity at this point. So that's, you know, really cool considering, um, you know, there's not a lot of panic over here and whatnot. So thankful for that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I remember seeing some of the videos early on when it hit when when things were first starting there and there was like military in the streets with guns and everything like that and it was pretty uh pretty hardcore down there right yeah it was it was a little scary and it looked like uh some sort of weird social revolution was taking place without any of us really knowing about it but yeah i don't uh, i'd be lying if i said i actually knew what was going on but yeah, <laughs> I'm just very glad to be here during this time. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in you're in the jungle at a t at such a such a crazy time in the world right now. Like you've been down there obviously for a couple of years now, right? Um, 
how how long has it yeah. been in total that you've started kind of journeying in the in the jungle with with these medicines uh i started in, yeah it, it would have been february or march of 2016 but um i hadn't come back um after that for an, another two years and then i've spent the last two years down here full time i think i came back once to canada in august of last year so but i just came back for a month to check up on friends and family and make sure everybody was doing good mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everyone's doing well everybody's fine man not a single person i know inside of my family is sick so that's you know I'm counting my lucky stars there and that everybody seems to be happy and healthy. They're just bored because I guess some of the, you guys are, well, you're not in the Toronto area anymore, but I heard that they went back into lockdown. So that not so good. They're just basically dying of boredom. If, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, uh, big lockdown just happened in Ontario. So it was kind of (laughs) coming and yeah i mean canada as a whole for this virus situation i don't think we've really dealt with it the best as we could um but uh i think they're they're trying to do um all that they can now at this point um i think they've def- they've seen there we go now now we got the video recording thank you disa for doing that um <clears throat> yeah okay. the the uh the whole situation in canada i think it's doing good um but it's 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 not uh it's 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 a lot of fear going on definitely a lot of fear going on in the media and constantly like and with what's going on in the states with the presidency and and trump you know just being delusional and they're trying to switch over the governments it's really strange time going on um in north america as a whole so it just uh yeah it feels 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 weird and the whole lockdown thing definitely there's a lot of conspiracy theory stuff going on with it it just seems very really hokey and there's you know the the vaccine and everything i don't, I don't even want to get into it too much just it it, it drives me crazy when i really start <laughs> thinking about it um but it, it i've just kind of accepted it and said you know this is this is where we are i can't do concerts right now i can't do live shows doing the online thing as much as i can doing podcasts and, and hanging out with people and and uh and doing that but you know working on videos and stuff but other, aside from that i mean i'm trying not to get sucked into the the scare and the scare tactics that are happening in the media right now yeah, good call, man, because that's all you can really do. You can only control how you react to a situation, ultimately. Mm-hmm. You can't really control other people, no matter, you know, and I wish the governments would, you know, kind of listen to that. But, I mean, maybe they know best. I don't know, because I don't actually work in the government, and I don't have any sort of education that would lend yes. me to, you know, those kinds of, you know, opinions about the virus or the the vaccines that are coming out or anything like that. So I'm basically, I'm just in the same boat as you, man. I'm just kind of sitting down here in the jungle waiting for the borders to open up so we can just start working again. Mm-hmm. Cause I really do kind of working, but it has given me like a beautiful opportunity to, to just go back to training and uh, listening to the plants and kind of upping my skill set. So yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse depending on how you want to look at it, I suppose. 
for sure. And education you are taking right there is the the most important education I think that you can be taking is the education coming from the plants and um, what what you are doing right now um, is like I think sometimes even more monumental. I know you let you're saying you you enjoy obviously working with people, but when you can dive even deeper inside yourself and get connected. Um, you know, being able to speak and, and communicate with these, uh, with these entities and stuff that, that live within these plants. Um, I'm sure that's probably very rewarding for you as well in this time, um, to still be able to, to dive in, into that and get to know yourself a little bit more through, through the plants and stuff. So for people who don't know who are listening right now, we're, we're talking about some, some out of the world kind of stuff right now, but let's, let's put it in, into perspective so they know what's going on. Um, you are, someone who was kind of born and raised in the western western world and and education and stuff and got introduced to um plant medicine obviously and went down to peru and got um you know kind of really absorbed within the culture and and now you're you're training and you you're a, an apprentice um and have been doing um, the the ikaros, the singing the songs, and and learning how to facilitate um, group setting environments where um, people come and partake in ayahuasca ceremonies and wachuma and other different um, ceremonies involving plant medicine. So talk to talk to me a little bit about that, so we can inform people who don't really know what you do a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and just start with the, the whole ayahuasca ceremony thing. So what is ayahuasca? So in the most clinical term, um, it's just a brew that is made from a couple plants. You take the ayahuasca vine, which is Banisteriopsis capi. It's the scientific name. And then combining it with chacruna, <clears throat> which I believe is called Cicotria viridis. And you basically boil that with water. Uh, until it becomes almost like a sludge or, you know, sometimes the textures vary, but that is what ayahuasca is. But what ayahuasca is, <laughs> uh, is very difficult to describe when inside of the experience, a lot of people, myself included, feel, uh, like it's, it's, uh, almost like a chemically induced kind of mysticism that brings you in contact with the spiritual dimensions of our reality and our lives and our consciousness. So it is a consciousness altering substance. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of legality issues, especially in the West with regards to that, because it's, it's something that we don't really understand that well over there, even though, um, luckily, fortunately in Canada, there's ayahuasca churches that are um, opening um, but they're using religious exemption to um, accept the use of these things as like a religious sacrament, which kind of um, allows allows it to be a little bit more accepted into the culture, luckily. So um, the ceremonies themselves are carried out usually at night. Um, I'm, I'm over here in the Amazon where um, it's kind of like the birthplace of ayahuasca. So I'm studying with a Shipibo maestro, which is another uh, word for master. Um, uh, the Shipibos are just one of how many tribes in the Amazon use this. I'm, I'm not actually sure. Um, there's 
the Yawanawa, there's the Shipibo, there's the um, Mestizos, and there's uh, tons of other tribes that have used this. Um, all of them seem to think that the ayahuasca brew actually has a spirit which is considered very maternal, but it depends on whose perspective you're trying to, um, whose, perspective, whose perspective you're getting it from. Uh, there's a lot of mythology that is drawn from the use of ayahuasca. Obviously, it, it's, it's talked about as having a spirit. It's talked about as, um, you know, also being an intelligence that you can come into contact with when ingested. And um, these mythologies are endlessly fascinating, but, and I could spend hours and hours going down the, uh, the rabbit holes with them. But basically, it's just used here as a medicine for the spirit. Uh, the tribal people seem to think that all illness is uh, manifested first from the spirit, which are kind of connected. And if, if you could think of it in like, in the sense of a pillar, there's different levels to the pillar where mind, body, spirit are all kind of on the same axis. But as soon as the spirit is affected, all the rest are affected simultaneously. So um, they, they use this as spirit medicine to get to really, to the real root of the problem that people are having, whether it be, you know, the manifestation of something that is physical, like rheumatoid arthritis or cancer or something like that, or in the psychological realm, there could be depression or some sort of like emotional imbalances. Um, so the way that they address that is with ayahuasca and they go right to the root, which is at the spirit. Mm -hmm. And that can, uh, when working on that there, it's very common for you to purge. It's very common for you to either vomit or have diarrhea or laugh or cry or sweat. Um, there's a way of energetically kind of getting that, that, uh, that frequency or that wavelength kind of out of your system so that you don't really have to, um, be as burdened by it before, whether it just gives you like a deeper understanding as to like where it came from or just letting it go and letting it be part of the purge and really getting it out of your system. So, um, the healing process itself takes, uh, takes form differently in other people in, in everybody really. Um, there can be a lot of visionary experience that is associated with it, which is, you know, the responsibility of the Chakruna component which contains DMT and gives you the visions and then there's the ayahuasca um, component that is the MAOI <clears throat> or the monoamine oxidase inhibitor which uh, activates the chacruna mm -hmm. so I've been talking a little bit of <laughs> too it's, much it's, no no uh, yeah I like it I like it. You're, you're covering everything so that people can kind of get the full scope and understand exactly what it means and, and what mm -hmm. it means to you awesome man yeah, sometimes I can just I can talk a little bit in in too many directions at once, and um, yeah, sometimes it's that's uh, okay. Just, that's <laughs> okay. You're 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 unleashed on this show, brother. You are unleashed. Okay. You can Beautiful. you can just when we get down rabbit holes and you feel inspired, you just keep going, brother. There's no leash right, on we'll this do. show because I want I I I know what that feeling is like, and and do, like I said, I'm like I, I want this one. I need a little bit more time with you on this one because I feel like we can go deep. There's obviously places that you've gone, um, and I know it's it's hard to sometimes integrate what you see in these realms and when when you have these conversations back into 
this realm to be able to then filter through this this medium and give it back to people but that's going to be um the the joy of this conversation is trying to get to those moments and trying to <laughs> to bring that stuff out because there's some next world stuff going on and i've had the pleasure of being introduced to this by uh obviously you know meeting you and and getting a chance to go down there to to peru with Kristen and you know experience in the in the ayahuasca ceremonies and then having the dmt i, I experienced that before we went down and then since then came back and and had a breakthrough like I've never had before which I don't know if I sent you the audio from that yet I, I think I still need to do that I need to send you oh, I, I don't think you have I, no. I, I would have yeah, I, yeah, I have I have a, an audio where something entered my body and like started talking through me and to me and with me and Kristen recorded the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> So I want to send that to you and get your opinion on it. But um, yeah, I was ju I'm just awesome. blessed to to be able to even experience these uh, these states of consciousness. And I just want to try and have more conversations with people who have gone to these places and and had communication with these entities and and kind of spread that more to to the rest of the world because I feel like it's so important. Um, and right now, more than ever, um, people. I think have a chance and an opportunity to dive deep inside themselves and, and learn some unlocked powers that we have that we're not really aware of. And mm -hmm. I think that the plants can help do that. You know, certain psychedelics can help do that. And, um, yeah, I just want to try and promote it as much as possible. So, um, so let's get to, let's get into it. Um, your first, yeah, your first kind of, uh, experiences, with um drinking uh the brew um obviously for for some people they go down there for healing for different things you know what i mean there's a there might be something that that you're dealing with personally i was just had had a, a, a podcast this week with um a friend named rob rob bateman and he had been dealing with kind of this like crippling anxiety that just like took over his life in his mid-30s out of nowhere and just like just immobilized him and he just was like i need to find something that can help with this and he he was found out about these uh these you know ceremonies and and went and participated in, in them and it changed his life so what was it for you um particularly that kind of gave you that push or gave you that um that inclination to want to learn about it and then to to take the trip yeah um when i was in my mid 20s i think i was 25 when i first took it um at that point in my life i uh was just working and i was actually i was trying to be a musician much like uh, the the way that you were and if i can just i'll, I'll get back to the point for a second but i, I want to say that the way that you have um fulfilled your music career i think you went about it in a very intelligent way and when i look at Thank what you. uh you know, you, you, um, you know, getting the promotion company and that, uh, helping to be able to get shows and stuff like that, like that, that's, you're kind of like the full package. So I just wanted to <laughs> thank you. to you on that. And I wish that, you know, I had done that when I was younger and trying to get started in, inside of the music world. But, 
You um, are exactly where you're supposed to be, I think. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. No, they, there's no regrets. All yeah. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you're doing a good job with what you're but doing. But totally, so. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as as far as um, I was playing music because I was very identified with being a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of uh, it helped me in certain ways because it was pushing me to you know get better on the guitar or get better at um, singing and um, it was really giving me a lot of meaning in my life Um, but it was getting to a point where um, I wasn't sure if I was I was really going to find that fulfilling anymore I was working at the same time as a as a welder I believe yeah Um, just to kind of make ends meet and Mm -hmm. it gave me enough to be able to eat and you know play uh, or get more guitars and etc but I was at really starting to ask myself if I wanted to be doing this full time. And then uh, when I was kind of at that questioning stage, I felt like I needed something like I felt like I was kind of getting in my own way with being able to give myself a clear answer. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow I had come across the word ayahuasca in books that I was reading. Ayahuasca was popping up in like it was kind of like ubiquitous wherever I was looking. I was like, OK. And then I started looking into it a little bit more and I was like, um, and the totally irrational part of my mind said, you have to go down and you have to do this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I spent a little bit of time researching some places, um, found, uh, a place called Pulse Tours that was very reputable at the time. They're, uh, they've changed their name and have moved to Costa Rica and now have a different name. But, um, I went down and, uh, what I had experienced was that my dream life was actually trying to communicate with me and I was just not paying it any attention. Um, so I had, and you know, I was, I was having dreams, recurring dreams of this, uh, particular female figure, um, looking like she was some sort of what I know, what, what I would describe now as like a forest entity, but I wasn't trying to remember my dreams or anything like that. Um, before I took ayahuasca and then, the first time that I'd taken it, um, the same archetypal thing from my dreams manifested itself in front of me and said, I was, you know, are, are you listening to the messages or whatever? And I, but this time I'm like sober or, well, you know, quote unquote sober. I'm just, it, it's really, uh, sober is the wrong word, but now I'm conscious mm-hmm. of the contents of my subconscious and my unconscious parts of my consciousness. Um, so from there, uh, it started going deeper and deeper into, you know, my own issues that I wasn't even aware that I was having. I was very, uh, dependent on the approval of other people. And I was very, you know, there was certain insecurities that were certainly shining through also parts of where, you know, my maturity was kind of compromised in certain ways from things that had happened in childhood. And it began to make me a lot more aware of some of these issues that I was having. Um, and even though there was times that it was very painful, it was actually very rewarding in the end, because obviously if you don't know you're making mistakes, you're just going to keep making those mistakes. And what had happened right after that was I started being open a little bit more to the, if you want to call it spiritual side of life Mm -hmm. and being able to take, take into account that, you know, existence and being a person is, is a very, we're very fortunate to be inside of these vessels, you know, 
at this point in time, especially because um, what better time to be alive than now? Really? Like we, we have access to, to technology that has surpassed anything that historically we could have ever dreamed of. We have the ability to communicate like, uh, you know, I'm in the Amazon right now and I'm able to contact you on this, on this uh, digital device. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I almost swore that. Yeah, but, you can, you can totally um, swear. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, fuck yeah, then. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, and you know, people are getting lifted out of poverty well, I don't know how much that has changed now with the lockdowns and everything, but up until the lockdown, like people were getting lifted out of poverty like mad. And it seemed like what we were, what we're, uh, you know, rising up to was like, uh, I, I want to say the word utopia, but that's not the right word. It's just like, we're, we're starting to like figure stuff out and we're reaching out more into the cosmos to see that we're actually not, not totally the center of the universe and all this stuff. So, um yeah man uh and ever since then uh i took a couple years off and tried to integrate like a lot of the stuff back into my life and then the more that i thought about it the more i was just like i just i I really want to dedicate myself to this work because i've seen how many people it's helped and how many um issues have been solved as a result of it both on the psychological um mental emotional physical and spiritual planes. So this was something that um, like deep in my soul, I'm like, Oh, okay. I've, I found the the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of like the end of the rainbow after all this searching. But, and since then I've just tried my best to, you know, I've, I've moved down here full time. Uh, I've been doing the, the practices that the Shipibo do to be able to communicate with the not only the plant spirits but to help the plant spirits actually help the patients in ceremony um and yeah it's been quite a wild ride there's been some ups and downs and you know the learning process is very steep at times uh Mm -hmm. it's it's very hard to describe because inside of these spiritual dimensions it's it's very hard to englishize or attach linguistics to it because all of it's you know one of the things that pisses me off about our language is that we say energy for everything. Oh, your energy is this and da, 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 energy and oh, can you feel the energy? And it's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? But that's the best that we, that's that the best got, that we yeah. have to describe that kind of stuff, you know? So, yeah. We're limited. We're very, very limited with our language. And, and yeah, I, I understand that when we go to these other dimensions and to these other places and have communication and are shown things, it's beyond English and beyond any kind of language that, that you can imagine to be able to bring it back. Um, just doing like the ayahuasca and the way that she breaks down how your life goes and, and just just lays it all out in front of you is unlike any sort of thing that you've ever seen before or experienced before it's this um multi-dimensional multi-sensory perception of an experience that you get that's like multi-personable too you become different people there's like and you see it all in these different perspectives it's so beyond any sort of comprehension that 
that we have in this physical form that it's so hard to articulate when we come back. So mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you mean when you get to those places. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard, but, but we, all we can do is the best <laughs> that we can. So while you're helping these patients and you're, you're, like you say, becoming that bridge between the plants and the patients that are there for the healing, um, what are some of the techniques? Like, what are you learning in that space to be able to hold that space? What are, what are some of the techniques that they're teaching you to, um, make it a safe space for the patients and then also to open up that, that door and make it bigger so that that energy can, I say the word energy (laughs) again, that, that, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it, that, that thing can happen. What, uh, what, what are this, what are the techniques that they're kind of teaching you? If you can put them in words. So the, the, uh, the primary one is dieting with the plants. And, uh, obviously the word diet in the West kind of means like cut back on, you know, the bad stuff and eat Mm -hmm. healthy and all that stuff. What, what dieting, what a plant diet is, is um, a process that you undergo whereby you are forming a relationship with a plant spirit. This plant spirit may have some medicinal properties. It may have uh, knowledge that it wants to share with you with regards to healing other people, healing yourself, maybe the nature of the reality around us. Um, There's a lot of data that is inside of the natural world. And this is something that the Shipibos and the the other tribal peoples of the Amazon have understood very well and for a very long time, because I think uh, it it depends on who you ask, because every maestro has a little bit of a different take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the commonalities seems to be that at, at one point in our history, um, plants, animals and humans all communicated in this kind of psychic language where they could all like even the rocks and the the plants the people the birds in the sky like everything was kind of on uh on the same plane of consciousness which is why they decided to you know um go to the plants to be able to um communicate more about reality and healing and all this stuff so to them it wasn't really that um, confounding that the natural world actually spoke the same language as humanity, seeing as we actually are part of the natural world. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as uh, as we've t- taken on the values that we that we hold, and there's th- this is just kind of the natural course of evolution, or like or over the natural course of our evolution, we've kind of forgotten and have been severed from that in a way. You know, um, putting a lot of um, importance on money, which obviously is not unimportant, right? Because you need to be able to feed yourself and all that stuff. But, um, over the course of time, the industrial revolution and, uh, you know, technological revolution, there was atheism that came into play as well. All of these things and other things as well, had kind of factored into severing our connection with the natural world. Um, and now there seems to be a, a little bit of a revival of this, luckily, um, because nature is the greatest technology that has ever existed, mm-hmm. but it, it lays undiscovered sometimes. Um, anyway, before I go too far off in that direction, what a diet with the plant is, is you go, you know, sometimes you can go into isolation, but it's not 
necessary or it's not absolutely necessary for some plants. Um, you take a mixture of this plant and you basically um, don't have any salt, you don't have any sex, you don't have any oil, you don't have any anything that excites the palate. Um, obviously the, the isolation component um, some will preach that it's absolutely necessary. Sometimes you can mix and mingle with other people, but the way I've, the way I like to describe it to people who are coming to our center is there's at the very least four dimensions that we inhabit. There's the material world where things appear to be solid, um, by the constraints of our perception, but under closer scientific examination, they, you know, they're mostly atoms that are filled with empty space. And then two, there is the social world, which we are in currently because I'm listening to you, you're listening to me. And there's this other kind of world that our persona interfaces with to be able to understand, you know, where you are at emotionally um, and all this stuff. And you're doing the same to me. Um, the third one is, you know, your own internal, let's just call it the psychological and emotional worlds whereby, you know, you have your identity, you have your first person perspective, you have your opinions. And, um, this is where all your kind of internal monologue goes on, including emotions and whatnot. And the fourth one, which is the one that, uh, is probably a little bit more disputed than the other ones would be the, uh, spiritual worlds which we are always connected to whether you like it or not um these one this is a little bit harder to prove with science obviously but anyway so when you're um dieting with a plant and you're trying to get to know it and you're trying to um communicate with it one of the ways that you do that and because it's a plant spirit you have to open up the doorway to the spiritual component of your existence a little wider um, by not taking in anything that stimulates the senses like salt, like oil, like um, spices and all this stuff, you're diminishing the rate at which you're experiencing the physical plane of reality. Mm -hmm. By isolating yourself, you are cutting down on the social interaction comport, um, components of you know the, the ongoings of your daily existence. So these other components are minimizing so that the other ones can expand, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. And so... Yeah. By, by default, obviously like there's going to be the part of your own emotional, um, emotional and firsthand psychological function that may increase because when you're not around other people, the only person that you can talk to is yourself. Mm -hmm. But what will also happen is that the spiritual dimension will start to open up quite a lot more. And it is through this spiritual dimension primarily that the plant spirit will start to in, well, I, I was about to use the word intrude, but move into the social um dimension of your of your existence as well and that's where the dialogue starts kind of happening mm -hmm. so that's that's the way that i try and explain it to people who are coming in and don't know what a plant diet is or anything like that and um when you do this it actually helps a lot with the healing specifically if you're coming uh, for that because there's a lot that the the plant spirit does on all those uh, all those planes are all the, the access points of your, of your access, so to speak, because it's just you and the plant and there's not all these other distractions that are going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so 
when you're training uh, in curanderismo or shamanism for lack of a better word, um, or curandero is just the, the Spanish word for healer. Um, when you're, when you're training in curanderismo, you do long dietas with these plants in order to, you know, it, it's basically like, like going to school and taking lectures at like a university on, okay, what is, uh, how, this is how I help, you know, psychological function. This is how I can help with, um, if you have joint problems or if you have depression or if you have, um, problems with your stomach or like all these kinds of things, each, each plant has uh, very specific properties that they help with. Um, and so by dieting all these different plants, it's kind of like going to different, um, teachers that teach you about how the body psyche and uh, spiritual dimensions all function together. Um, yeah, I know that's probably a lot of info, but uh, I don't, yeah, yeah, that's that's what a lot of the training entails. So a lot of it is being alone. A lot of it is um, taking, taking a lot of plants and uh, a lot of it in, involves ayahuasca ceremonies, although those are not exclusively necessary you can still learn from the plants without having to ingest ayahuasca but the ayahuasca itself is very good at being able to catalyze the communication so that you actually know where where you are where you stand what you need to do etc because sometimes it can feel like there's nothing happening when you're um when, when you feel like you know you're you're dieting with these plants but nothing's happening during the day and you're like oh am i even connected and then you start getting like all kind of self-doubty about it. And then the, the ayahuasca ceremonies kind of help realign you, mm -hmm. but it depends on how spiritually connected you are, I suppose, mm -hmm. or how, uh, how clear you're making your vessel for that communication to come through mm -hmm. your intention right behind it. <clears throat> the exactly. intention has, has a lot to do with it. Um, it sounds, uh, mm -hmm. by, by what you're describing there that, uh, lockdown is the best time to start dietas people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, everyone's in Precisely, isolation yeah. you know you're in your isolation you're not uh affected by as many distractions as what's normally going on and you might have the chance to just get in tune with some plants so maybe that could be something for people to try now during uh during their their lockdowns and during their isolations to maybe attempt uh their own mini versions of a dieta here in their own homes of just you know eating more clean and more healthy which is going to help boost their immune system and make them stronger to fight viruses and and any sort of illnesses and potentially you know they can learn about a certain plant and then try ingesting it i know obviously the like legality limits us to be able to have ayahuasca in our homes i mean some people i'm sure have their ways to get around that but for the most of us it's not really easily accessible but i think like isolation times it's like this is it this is this is time to get get to know yourself and get to know the plants a little bit better um you mentioned you know kind of as you're ingesting these uh these plants and and getting more zoned in on just that particular one how each plant has a certain benefit or um, healing property that affects a certain part or area of our body and each plant um it's almost like like th th they're puzzle pieces that we have to put together right like take the, the person that's suffering from this or that and finding whatever plant is the thing that that will work for that and I know mm -hmm. there's 
you know, a lot of talk about like old, uh, you know, grandma's recipe or whatever the, you know, put some honey and some fucking seeds or something on your, on your knee and it'll feel like just weird random stuff, put a banana peel on your wart and it'll go away. Like stuff like that. Um, I, I feel like just like you, you said that stuff that we knew before <clears throat> when we were more connected with the plants and stuff like that, we're forgetting now because, um, largely because of pharmaceuticals and, and how quick and, and easy it is to just get an, an over the counter fix, um, for our, our ailments, as opposed to taking the time and energy to work on a dieta like how much harder is it to do a two week long dieta where you're cutting out your intake and cutting out your intake from the world to focus on fixing a part of your body or you can just get a drug over the counter that will put a band-aid on that problem that you have mm-hmm. you know it's uh yeah. it's it's so much and i think society is built in a way that is making it impossible for us to have that time to figure out what is really going on with us and then get to the root of that problem solve that problem and continue going on and we become a massive burden on the healthcare system when we put these band-aids on our problems and then later on in our lives end up getting cancer end up getting you know different different kinds of of diseases and ailments that that then have us in hospital for you know two three four years before we we pass away and and not in the the nicest ways you know it's it's uh it's it's kind of scary the way that it's set up when really if we could remove all the bullshit that we're going through and take time to deal with the specific issues that we have in our lives it's like if we could picture our bodies like a village And, and, and a village that where small village where everybody takes care of each other. If your your neighbor like around the corner, his house was burning and it was on fire, the fucking village would come and help that neighbor out. They'd be like, yo, drop what the fuck you're doing right now. Let's go help homie out. Let's build him a new house. You know what I mean? Everybody comes together, donations, clothing, whatever, help out whatever that they can. Our bodies, we we need to treat just like that in a sense that like, when a part of our body is fucking on fire or hurting it mentally, physically, however, the rest of our body and the rest of our being needs to shut down and be like, whoa, let's put full fucking attention and force on this thing that we've got here and solve the problem and help this area of ourselves out until we can fix. Because with all those little pieces, unless all of them are working together, like the whole is going to fall apart you know eventually we burn ourselves out when we don't recognize the small little things that are that are causing issues in our lives and and we don't get to the the real roots of those problems um <clears throat> some of the things that you've had to deal with um or I shouldn't say deal with but um face as almost like a challenge um being a healer um somebody that 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 wants to help people with solving their problems and 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 helping them through their their issues and their personal demons um i had the chance of literally seeing you pull out a demon from somebody uh, while we were down there um uh, a friend of ours and uh he's uh you know 
totally seems like a changed person like since that mm-hmm. time and 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 from the beginning of when we came down there and saw you literally like extract this this demon from him and then how he was the day after it was like a totally you know a, a different different kind of person what are some of the the things that you faced obviously that was a a really in your face representation of something dark that uh, that he was dealing with but i'm sure there's been other experiences where you've been faced with certain demons and certain things issues or, or problems that people are facing that that have been really um you know striking for you and obviously you know i'm not trying to get you to break the code of like patient and and you know healer um confidentiality but if you can in in any way um describe some of those issues in a you know general term or or way where you're not you know obviously singling anybody out but just kind of what the some of the things that you've experienced some of the mm-hmm. potential demons or 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 issues that that people have faced that they've come there to be able to get healed by and then how you've seen that transform for them and, mm-hmm. and how, what what that difference has made for them yeah for sure man um yeah um where to start with that let's right? see there's been so well, many probably. Seen... <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well um one of the uh, most fundamental um, parts of using ayahuasca is to heal trauma that was instantiated in somebody's being in childhood, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, when these traumatic events actually occur, it actually kind of shapes the the child and their worldview, uh, their behavioral characteristics and, and whatnot. And if there was some um, imprinting that um, had happened at an early age, like something like, uh, sexual abuse or, or whatnot. Uh, there's going to be some, uh, overlap into, uh, when they mature that, uh, and that may, in the case of sexual abuse, there might be, um, for example, problems with erections, uh, difficulty being able to form intimate relationships, um, sexual, uh, certain taboo sexual cravings or, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times when we're doing what you might call like an exorcism or something is, uh, it, it's somebody's personal demons or their, their root trauma that is being, um, either exposed or being, um, being shown the light on so that people can, uh, you know, get themselves neurologically rewired around that particular traumatic memory so that they can live, you know, a fulfilling life. Um, and you know, everybody's different. Uh, so nobody's coming with the, with the same suit to be corrected, so to speak. And, um, Sometimes I, I I just also like to say that you know ayahuasca is not exactly for everybody. It's just a modality that is used mm-hmm. um, to treat certain certain things, and for some people it works, and for some people it doesn't. If if people are are feeling uh, they just want to try it out of something like curiosity because they really like other psychedelics or something like that, a lot of the times they come to it, and then a lot of real issues start coming up for them that they weren't voluntarily willing to face, which, you know, what you were talking about with intention, 
is very important because the medicine goes deep and deep and very deep into your psyche to show you like who it is that you you actually are Mm -hmm. and sometimes people come to the conclusion that they don't like themselves because of a a particular um you know maybe it's like a like some sort of egoic identification with a particular thing that they think they are um and it's difficult to say whether that actually defines them or not, because as I said, everybody's kind of different. But if, if you're, if you're coming to really like, um, look into yourself and look into, uh, look in, uh, into, into your internal world as well as your exterior, exterior world, then, um, it'll probably benefit you. But if, if you're just looking to just looking to trip, so to speak, uh, a lot of these people kind of run away from ayahuasca because, um, it, it really, there's a reason why we call it a medicine. It's because it is medicine and sometimes medicine doesn't taste good. So mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, and it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard process. And the other thing you're mentioning there of just like, um, maybe remember having a memory or something come up and they, they realize who they really are. And, and ayahuasca <laughs> shows that to them in a very like in your face kind of way. Naturally. Yeah. Um, I, I remember watching this documentary recently where it was talking about how much memory, um, becomes like loose as we, as we age. Right. And they're basically saying <laughs> once we get to the age of, I think 20, um, you know, 95% of the memories before the age of five are gone and like zero between under the age of three. Like we don't remember anything under that age. And then as we get older, it just becomes less and less and less. So the older that we become, then, you know, 10 years and younger, we remember less of that, you know, 20 years and younger, we start to only remember maybe 20% of that time. You know what I mean? You can't, there's only so much room in our brains to hold all of that information and the wiring, the wires get severed between these images and these memories. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we, we've done things or we are a certain way that we didn't even know that we were. And, and ayahuasca really puts that in your, in your face and says like, look, Mm -hmm. this is, this is what it is. And you have to fucking face that. And it's, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's really hard for people who definitely weren't expecting that and were, expectation is is a big thing too when it comes to this uh these medicines and going down there with the right expectations and not you know and some people's expectations are you know that they're just like oh yeah i'm just gonna go down and have a trip and have a good time and i'll see some cool shit you know it'll be like acid and uh it's really a lot more um obviously deeper than that but yeah um yeah continue with uh, along the lines yeah more more things that you've uh that you've kind of discovered um from okay from people yeah well uh <laughs> um soon after the the um demon extraction that you were referring to earlier um and that was the first time that i had done that and because it was successful um i had experienced my own egoic inflation because all of a sudden i think i'm this character from the the exorcist or something like that you know Mm -hmm. i started thinking i'm hot shit um the thing is the you know these medicines are very powerful and they plug you into other dimensions as well Mm -hmm. um there was a point where uh, this doesn't doesn't really have anything to do with other patients per se this was just me being a little bit naive and you know i was i was new at the time with this um for some reason, uh, after that had happened, I had started really getting into demonology because it, 
it was it, it kind of shook my whole um perception of like how reality actually actually functions and you know mm-hmm. what do what role do spirits play inside of like why do they infiltrate over the material plane and all this stuff and i started um looking up all this stuff on demonology i ran across um uh some literature and was reading at the same time that I was studying. And then at one point in a ceremony, I I got visited by one of these um, demonic entities that I had been studying. It came in ceremony and uh, I decided to provoke it because it was trying to communicate with me. Um, And it said, uh, yeah, you're going to regret that. And then kind of disappeared for about a week or two or something. Um, what had happened, uh, after I had, uh, taken a group back to Pukalpa was there, it was about three in the morning, you know, the sun, uh, sun's down, it's totally dark. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the guy who ran the hotel, uh, comes and knocks on my door at 3am. Uh, it didn't make any sense. He knocks and he says, Hey, there's somebody here to pick you up outside. And I was like, what? What? And I get up and I'm all confused. I'm like, why would somebody like, I don't have anywhere to be at 3 AM. Um, so I go outside. Uh, there's nobody there. So I'm like, okay, well, what the hell was that about? I go back into my room and just get back into bed and stuff, shut the door. And about 15 minutes later, there's a very loud voice that's lapping inside of my room. And uh, all of a sudden I got really terrified <laughs> and I started calling in the, the thing that I had helped uh, that, that had helped do the extraction on our, on our mutual friend. Um, you say called in the thing. What was the thing? Like which, which plant? Oh, um, it's, it's like remember? a, uh, at the time it, he's like an amalgamation of all the plants kind of put together that I died at that time. And it's uh, in the people of mythology, it's called a Lobo. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a lanky skinny looking. I don't really know how to describe it. It kind of looks like me if I was hunched over and walking with my arms, like a, like a gorilla okay. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I called him in like, Hey dude, like help me out. Like something, something's going on. And, uh, as I think there was like a, uh, I didn't sleep at all that night because I was totally freaked out. And, um, one of the things that was also happening in my, in my room, there was this very loud noise that was coming from my room and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was like a, uh, it was some sort of cry and a howl and like a, almost like a feedback from a speaker. And I thought it was so loud that it was waking everybody in the hotel up, but um, only to find out that nothing was actually like nobody had the the guests had lost some sleep. They weren't able to sleep that night as well for some reason, but they weren't like jarred or anything like that. And when I was asking them about the noise, they were like, I I didn't hear anything, but it just, it, uh, it was a very hard lesson to be like, yeah, okay. When those guys come around, don't, don't provoke them. Don't provoke them. Just give them love and kind of send them on their way because mm-hmm. they're them, only give them love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I was, you know, being a little bit cocky and that's, I, I think that's just kind of part of the path as well as kind of facing your own 
egoic deconstruction and you know think you're hot shit and then kind of mm-hmm. get told and then, yeah. you know you do that enough times you'll eventually learn the hard lesson of humility <laughs> so yeah and then as well as like when when you're dealing with heavy energies of and traumas from other people um it's just it's very important to be able to protect yourself um because obviously like you know the the problems that other people have are are not yours and you don't want to steal their destiny there can all there can be that um you want to have that that mentality of like oh i want to save you oh i want to save you even though the more you do this work, you realize that it's really yourself that you want to save. And it's, it's like a form of projection, but ultimately, yeah, those are the, um, the pitfalls that are needed to be avoided from, uh, you know, people need to be able to figure out things on their own, whether it's through, through therapy, you can certainly be a helpful guide to get them to the door, but ultimately they're the ones that are going to have to walk through it. If somebody comes to you and they have a severe uh, addiction to whether it's alcohol or heroin or something it's it's not up to you to make them stop it's like it's it's ultimately on them mm-hmm. to be able to you know find the resources within their own being to be able to stop if it is destroying their life so yeah um yeah I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that's hard for you to, to absolve yourself of that responsibility because I'm sure obviously a part of you does feel like you're just like, oh, I can help you. You know what I mean? Like I I have these incredible powers and I, I have this, this, this communication window that's been opened and I, I can help you. But, but at the end of the day, people need to help themselves. Nobody can, can really do it for you there's people who can help you along the way and can kind of hold your hand to, to bring you to the door, but you have to walk through that door yourself if you really want to make that mm-hmm. change. And, you know, I think it's incredible that ayahuasca is this, you know, revolutionary thing that when you do walk through that door, it seems like you never have to walk backwards again because she kind of like shows you the world and shows something to you that you've never seen before and makes you appreciate life so much. It makes you realize realize like death is is kind of irrele- irrelevant in a way and you know there's that that we're here for for a much bigger purpose than just you know waking up and eating and, and going to sleep and then you know repeating our our, our day our days like there's there's so much more to it so um yeah it's she's uh she's incredible it's 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 just it's amazing that that we even have the uh the ability to to communicate with these plants and and to have these kind of uh realizations and that's a scary story man about that demon situation i can i can attest to it that there's been times in my life where i've felt that way too where i've fucking egged on bad spirits and it has not resulted in a good way like um i always Mm -hmm. felt when i was younger and i was just kind of getting introduced to these the whole concept of like spirit guides and just like i i remember having an experience when i was younger when i was dealing with this breakup with a girl and um i was in my room and um like all of a sudden i got I was crying. I was like super emotional and I got sucked out of my body and was like looking down on my room and all these like people started showing up these like light white 
beings and they all started walking towards me as I'm lying in my bed and like touched me on the shoulder and then like would walk away and each person as they'd walk by they'd tap me on the shoulder and I would feel the tap on my shoulder like ripple through my whole body in like this my whole body's just tingling goosebumps all over and as they're going and I felt my 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 grandpa my papa who had just passed like a few like a couple years before that um he was in the room too and it was just like it was like a it was like a a ceremony of like my 10 or 12 closest like spirit guide people showing up into my room to be like dude it's gonna be okay you're gonna get through this we Mm -hmm. love you you're all right and then I got like sucked back into my body and I was like what the fuck just happened like unbelievable (laughs) love like you've never felt love like that in your entire life I was just like this is mind-blowing how is this even possible and then at that point I remember like um talking to my guidance counselor about it and being like like what is this what is going on and she was introducing me to kind of some of these books and stuff and I was learning about um uh Abraham and uh Hicks and uh Jerry and Esther who kind of like they're these people who have this entity that like has come into them and and talks through them and I learned some information through them and started realizing I was like holy crap like there's a whole other realm and then as soon as that realm was open I remember there was times I'd be in my room and like a dark figure would appear and like Mm -hmm. they'd show up in the corner and I remember having conversations with different friends that would have dark figures visit them in their dreams um I remember one particularly where my friend was telling me how this like dark figure kept showing up in the corner of his room just like he would be sleeping and then wake up and then in the chair this like dark figure completely like cloaked black just sitting there menacing and like just I'm getting tingles as I talk about this like just there's so much dark energy and demonic forces out there and there's people that fucking worship that shit too just like there's people that go to church and worship God and and pray pray to God there's people that worship Satan and worship the the devil and worship kind of dark energies and invite those into their lives and invite them into our plane of existence and um I I don't think a lot of people are really aware of it you know what I mean I think and when people most people talk about it even I'm sure there's people that are going to listen to this and be like Rob you're fucking crazy bro you are crazy (laughs) there is no fucking demon in your basement Um, but you know that's their opinion and they're completely entitled to that and that's fine but I feel like I Mm -hmm. I just from my personal experience I can't negate the fact that I've fucking seen this shit happen and I've seen it happen there in Peru when you pulled that demon out out of our friend like it's fucking real this shit is real and you know i i i want to tell people like fucking protect yourselves you know what i mean protect yourselves why when i i dated a girl um you know early on in in uh in my life and and she was fucking she was sending mad negative vibes and i'm pretty sure she was she had some sort of demonic presence on her and she would practice that stuff too she was uh she was a witch right and uh, there's good witches and bad witches and i think she was kind of like playing on the borderline of like not really sure which one she was but she invited some Mm -hmm. dark shit into her life and it she was like fucking sending that energy to me doing these evil eye things and like i was getting like massive headaches because of it i was like what the fuck is going on and i had to like learn these protect protection bubbles and these practices of like you know sitting Mm -hmm. there grounding your 
your feet on the ground and like pretending that there's roots going into the ground and picturing the white light coming into your head and creating a bubble around you and like and then and then sh- mm-hmm. like you said sh- sh- um, learning to to send love to the to the evil forces and any bad en- energies and entities like there's times where I'll be in a room by myself and I can just feel it all of a sudden like it gets really like I'm like whoa something's up or like you said, you'll hear a sound or something. And most people just take it as like, oh, you're just getting spooked out or whatever. You've watched too many mm-hmm. scary movies or whatever. But sometimes like it's yeah. so real where you're just like something is fucking in the room right now. And it's a, a, a menacing energy. And it and and it's most likely it's probably something that's hurting, something that's like, you know what I mean, dealing with, with a lot of issues or angst whatever is keeping them in that plane of existence where they're in this demonic area so the best thing that you can do is just be like look bro or look girl whatever thing that you are i love you like i want no no parts of this i do not want to cause an issue thank you for 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 being here i hope you well i wish you well i'm I'm not trying to start a fight with you kind of thing like make make as much peace as possible and i will i will fucking talk to them i know it sounds so stupid some people are gonna hear this and be like you're fucking crazy but i i will talk to thin air and just be like look i know there's something here please you know just yeah. be do, don't there's no need to infect me or to to come into my my world and 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 uh and latch on to me and stuff and i feel like um people people have those moments and and they uh they get really scared and and it and it just it'll it that those things feed off of fear right mm-hmm. and um yeah and and the more fear that there is in the world which kind of uh-huh. freaks me out with what's going on with this pandemic and everything like the more fear and stuff like that the the more of those kind of like soul sucking energies are out there in the world right now because the the fear levels are just so so high right now um that yeah that just kind of creeps me out a little bit to think about that but yeah i mean yeah. it's that's freaky man that you're telling that story about that demon cuz it's like that's uh that's real uh that's real shit like it and yeah while you were telling me the story i was getting like goosebumps in my cheeks i'm like oh my god like this is the i I get that same feeling anytime like somebody talks to me about these kinds of situations where they're just like feel that that energy that dark energy and those dark forces and obviously you want to be aware of them so it's good to research it like you did right like you want to be educated on it Mm -hmm. you're going into these realms and you want to be aware of what you're facing, right? Like, um, Mm -hmm. have, have you ever had any conversations with people, um, who've been practicing what you're practicing and, you know, traveling to these dimensions and, and, and having conversations with these kinds of other beings and inviting these spaces where those beings start showing up like that dark one did show up to the, the ceremony that you had. Um, is anybody cautioning you in like, you know, the, the people higher up the, the shamans that are your, your maestros and stuff like that? Like how much are they, um, putting emphasis on, on these 
the dark arts and and the dark forces that are out there and like how to be aware of them and how to combat them and also to kind of combat them in a in a love sense and not in a like trying to fight mm-hmm. them sense um like what are kind of some of the things that they've told you um or is there any talk about that at all is like or is, yeah. is that really is there any emphasis on that yeah well i mean it really depends on your teacher mm-hmm. um the teacher that i have now um his name is wheeler and he's fantastic mm-hmm. um he leaves a lot of the t- teaching um to the teaching of you to the plants he mm-hmm. doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of like he'll he'll kind of be there to be the training wheels on your bike yeah but he's kind of expecting you to ride the bike yourself and eventually he'll kind of slowly start to let go or eventually you know he's the training wheels that are eventually going to back off and his method which i actually very much appreciate is being able to kind of figure out things on your own um so with the the story that i just told you about having the the thing follow me to the hotel room and kind of incur like a lot of fear in me uh, I think that was just like a tough lesson that I had to learn. I think it was completely necessary. It's like, you know, you fall into that or you're, you know, you drove your Colt car into that pothole. And then, then after you get your car repaired, you're going to watch for potholes when you're yeah. the next time you're driving, you know? So it makes you a little bit wiser when you accidentally go somewhere that you don't want to go, I suppose. Um, but it's others like, others are, it's it's scary in that dimension because they literally like they're like pushing you off a cliff and being like hey like fucking i hope you don't fucking land on your face when you fall a thousand feet Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like it in some sense like as 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 parents or teachers or people that are just helping a younger generation or something move forward like you there's got to be some sort of them being like hey like don't fucking walk on the hot cool coals don't put your hand on the hot stove you know what i mean but even mm-hmm. that even when they tell you not to do it we fucking do it i was a dumb kid and i put my hand on a hot stove and burnt the shit out of my fucking yeah. hand i did that <laughs> you know i was that dumb kid oh are yeah. you sure it's gonna burn me i don't think it's gonna burn me let me see <laughs> Ah, fuck. <laughs> you know like so yeah, yeah i'm absolutely. sure i'm sure even if they do like you said yeah you got to kind of learn it on your own because even if wheeler or whoever your teacher is is going to be like hey like don't fucking invite the demon spirits in you're going to be that one that's like come on fucking see what they're like man like, you know what i mean yeah. you just there's that yeah, fucking curiosity that, that curiosity yeah. kill the cat kind of situation totally yeah. um yeah and sometimes you know it's like once you do it once you probably don't want to do it again unless that's the kind of stuff that you like. And there are people inside <laughs> of not only the medicine world, but in all kinds of, you know, there's the the witchcraft and the occult world and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, you know, we do live in a very magical universe. Like yeah. the, uh, the symbols of the occult are everywhere in our civilization, you know, like uh, with, even with corporations, you know, what, what is a logo? A logo is a in occult language is a sigil, which uh, is something that you uh, use to um, bring into material manifestation. Um, so these are these are things that kind of exist that they're hidden in plain sight, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, um, that's how you know the businesses often find their success by being able to post their logo 
all over the place like mcdonald's or burger king or well not just specific to fast food places but yeah um whether we know it or not we're actually we're dealing with this kind of stuff on unconscious levels and in the case of something like black magic um i would say that you know let's 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 paint like a little bit of a scenario um guy likes a girl girl doesn't really like the guy but she kind of wants to like just kind of edge him on and kind of keep him thinking that oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna we're eventually gonna be together so he keeps buying her gifts and he keeps you know um ditching his friends to go and hang out with her and all this stuff and then um only to find out down the road that the down down the road that she was just kind of like using him for his money or just his attention or all that kind of stuff without actually showing compassion for him to me that is black magic and you might consider the uh the language a little bit even black though we're male, still speaking right yeah black male oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's using manipulation which could be construed as black magic at, at least as as they would characterize it over here right and um and we're doing these things all the time without even really being conscious of it right but it's just the our our, our civilization is very um science heavy and science is actually i would i would be willing to call it the religion of the West. We're very uh, reductionistic with a lot of our explanations um, and confining everything just to the material world. And, you know, where's your proof and where's your double blind placebo control of all this bullshit. And like, Mm -hmm. um, just because it's not quantified, as you said, we are very limited creatures and our perception, our perceptual abilities are not always on par with what is going around in terms of like a cosmic totality. So, um, if it's like if we can't prove that this is going on in the material plane, it doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't going on. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have proof or you, you do have proof, but you don't at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like because we need to... anecdotal evidence. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, because it's, you're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but I mean, science is great. I mean, we're talking on the phone because of scientific revolutions right so um digital technology is one thing that i am certainly grateful for but i'm not willing to bow down and you know forego all of my belief systems just for the sake of the you know to to me science and religion are pretty much like the same thing um the the more that i that i'm invested in this kind of plane it's like yeah have we been able to do many amazing things with it yes and like especially you know, for mathematicians, if you um, comprehend physics and you understand all these mathematical formulations about how the supposed material uni- universe operates, um, it gives you a tremendous control uh, amount of control over your environment and has certainly, you know, served to, I would say, help us in a lot of ways. Um, the downside is um, you start believing in that as the ultimate thing, right? When you're, a- when you're able to see results in a specific uh, domain, then it's like you can fall prey to believing that that's all there is. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that's really uh, good for, you know, your own health is paying attention to your own spirit, your own soul. Um, that's something that, you know, you, so, sometimes we hear about it. If you go to like a yoga class, make sure you look after your mind, body and spirit. But we don't really have a whole lot of um, mm-hmm. good explanations, especially in school when it comes to how to nurture your spirit. I don't know. I, I think there's probably uh, 
been a couple schools that have integrated meditation into some of the curriculum as like part of uh, introducing the children how to like pay attention to their to their soul. But um, the more the more that time goes on and the more that we come become dependent on digital technologies and science and all this stuff. Um, we're always going to be drawn to things outside of ourselves to fix what's going on internally. And even though mm-hmm. even the medicine world, like I'm involved in, can be construed that way as well. It's like sometimes the best thing you can do is just kind of sit in silence with yourself to be able to see what it is you're actually feeling. And um, one of the things that I've been doing a lot in quarantine, and especially with my last uh, dieta with the Toei plant, is really investigating that through just silent meditation and it's shown um, an amazing number of benefits in my life and my emotional health and my psychological health and even i would argue my physical health too so yeah i was kind of going on a little bit of a tangent there and it was kind of directionless I love but it. i love it i love it dude <laughs> it, it landed me right to this idea of like you're saying in schools they don't um you know have the importance enough on on the spirit and and getting kids in tune with their souls um in i feel like we're such competition based fucking beings and the olympics is such a massive thing you know what i mean like seeing how much we can push our bodies to the extremes how high we can jump how fast we can run how quick we can swim how fucking many flips we can do in a cool way and then dive into the water with little splashes like there's such (laughs) competition based around that then coming to the mind side of things like speech competitions memory competitions chess games you know all these kind of tests and stuff and and different competitions that they have regarding the brain i'm fucking stoked okay for the future of spirit games because it's fucking coming my g it's coming they're gonna have within i mark my words i say by 2030 okay 2030 they better have the first spirit games where by like they're having shamans show up you know what i mean it'll be like fucking a hundred different sh- top shamans from around the world show up and this group of like um, people who are addicted to heroin or fucking you know dealing with serious b- illnesses or whatever they come in to this this room and these shamans have to like sit there in a timed environment you know they have like five hours or whatever with with this person or whatever and and these groups and the people who come out the like the most you know better on the other end as far as like because they can scientifically check a bunch of shit you know what i mean and be like this person came in and they were this fucked up and then they did this ceremony and they came out and they were this much percentage higher in their this level and this level and that level and their focus and their attention and blah 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 and they can make it a fucking competition okay that's what they need to do they need to make it a goddamn competition where they can give out awards for like the the top shamans and the top dream workers and the people who are astral projecting and the people who are I'm talking to, um, you know, beings that have passed and stuff like that and make it some form of entertaining game. And once they do that, 
I, I, I feel like a lot more people are going to rally behind it and it's going to become a massive a, a thing like this movement once they, once there's some sort of competition involved. And I know that might be weird and, and, and strange to involve competition in something that's like the spirit world, but I feel like we need something like that. We need something revolutionary that's going to take this whole, um, this 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 area this dimension that is unexplored and 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 uncared about for the majority of the population like mindfulness and meditation seems like an afterthought and just within the last five ten years it's start of come coming more becoming more mainstream with people talking about it and different you know apps being developed and and uh important influential people talking about it but i feel like more and more and more needs to happen and if we could turn this into some sort of a game and some sort of a, a way that that c countries could compete e against each other with their top spiritual gurus you know what i mean like that that's that's <laughs> what would have to happen it'd be like the top i feel like fucking peru would be kicking ass like you know what i mean like they would <laughs> they would probably be you know up number number one and we need that because you know there needs to be more focus on on this these kinds of things and 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 getting excitement behind it so that people can realize like i don't like even just the importance of dreams and dreaming and dream interpretation and how i feel like that's so lacking in today's society you were you were saying kind of what helped you start down this whole journey into ayahuasca was you know having those dreams early on of that, you know, maternal figure and, and, and just like, that's what kind of sparked everything for you was having those dreams. So mm -hmm. what do you think is the importance of dreams or why do you think we have dreams? What, what is kind of the connection between dreams and, 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 and the psychedelic realm and, and, and kind of DMT and how it works with our dreams too, because they say something about how, when we dream that partly might be a result of DMT being secreted through our pineal gland or whatever, while we sleep, something like that. Um, what do you, what do you think? What, what, like, what is the purpose? Why do we dream? Yeah. Well, that's that's a very interesting scenario that you've <laughs> painted out beforehand. Um, but uh, yeah, with that's my dream. The dream world from yeah, <laughs> the dream world seems to be just your own unconscious trying to express itself in the best way that it possibly can towards your the conscious part of your mind. And uh, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talk about how dreams are random processes of you know the sleeping mind, but you know, if you can remember your dreams, there seems to be a lot of specificity with regards to if you were dreaming about a monkey, a, a, a person oftentimes, or, you know, there's like weird landscapes or something like that. Like it's all. Um, want to, um, this is a little bit of a conundrum that I've uh, found in doing a lot of this work is we have a lot of um, people who come down and want to uh, kind of shake people out of their slumber, like they're being pulled out of the matrix or something like that. Um, and that movie was very good at illustrating a certain point, which is like uh, one of the things that Morpheus said is, um, you know, when Neo was having a little bit of a hard time, he was kind of like, 
I want to apologize because we, you know, we need to go to great lengths to prepare the mind to come out of the matrix because otherwise it can be very jarring and it can be very, um, you know, unsettling to just kind of suddenly get thrust into this new paradigm mm -hmm. of consciousness or whatnot. Um, so I think, it, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, temperamental variability as well from a psychological perspective, like you and I, one of the things that we share in that, you know, we, uh, I was at one point, a musician, just like you, um, musicians are very open people. Um, musicians seem to very much, you know, uh, play with ideas about, you know, spirituality and uh, notions of there being some kind of experience beyond, you know, just material manifestation and whatnot. Um, but there's uh, a lot of people on the planet that just uh, never have those kinds of thoughts. They never have those kinds of um, uh, mm -hmm. longings to want to pursue that, that part of life. And that's, um, as I said, is probably just based on temperamental distinctions. So if you're very open like, like us, you're obviously going to be a lot more wanting to um, go and investigate those kinds of things. But people who might be a little bit more, for lack of a better word, conservative in their temperament probably just want to focus on, you know, whether it's having a family or getting a good job or just trying to find something that holds meaning inside of their life. So um, there's, you know, one of the beautiful things about human beings is that none of us are the same, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we are the same, but we're not, you know, we all have different characteristics. We all have different things that we want to do, um, people that we want to be with, um, and those kinds of things. And that's kind of what, um, to me makes the species quite beautiful is the, the complex diversity of personal traits that each one of us has. Um, and so it could, you know, the, the whole Olympic games with the, uh, with the shamanism and, um, putting it on display, um, for entertainment and stuff. It's, uh, I mean, I share with you that it would be very entertaining and stuff, but I, I, I don't think that's a whole lot of like why these people are in, no. involved in the work because right? they, they're just, they what don't they're want really to looking to do is help. Yeah. 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 They're, they want to, they, they just want to serve and they want to do their part in just kind of helping people who need the help. Right. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, it's like what I was saying before with, um, you know, you, you can't help somebody who doesn't want it. Right. If, you if, if you're an alcoholic and you want to take that drink it's like man that's on you you know you you gotta you gotta step back at some point and realize that you're not in control directly of uh, all the lives of the other people around you but the good thing about you being your own person is that like there's an aura that comes with that and some people are going to look at you with you know um uh, there's going to be some like inspirational glare in their eyes. There might be like a behavior that you're, that you have that they want to emulate and they'll integrate that into their, their own personal life somehow. And, uh, very often, um, it can be quite hard for people who come down and do a lot of work with the medicine and then go back to their lives where, you know, they realize that it was their friend circle that was actually giving them like a lot of these problems or, um, you know, the, the circumstances that they found themselves in in the first place back in, you know, the first world or whatever. Um, and they, they come down here for whatever it is, two, three weeks, a month. Sometimes people stay for months at a time. 
Um, and then, you know, there's so much inner transformation that happens, but they go back to, you know, their, their old life, their, their job, they're back to being surrounded by the people who make them want to drink or do drugs or, or want to engage in perhaps like negative habits. And then they end up going back and kind of getting stuck there again, and then feel the need to, um, come back to find that part of themselves that they had forgotten about. So it's a, it's a delicate balance to be able to, uh, to manage because, you know, obviously when you have the, the revelations that, Oh, okay. If I really want to get better, I need to do X, Y, and Z. But, um, if you're in an environment where you're, you're not exactly allowing yourself to do that, um, then you're, you're failing at being able to put the integration in, into practice. And the integration is everything when it Huge. comes to this work because you can have so many amazing experiences and you know feel like you're crossing over the boundaries of you know the material world and talking with spirits and everything but at the end of the day what's most important is like how you behave inside of the real world i think ultimately um yeah and take take <laughs> those lessons and yeah be able to apply them right and exactly and put them put them into your into your life i know that was a big thing for when <clears throat> you know, we came back here, um, there was a lot of things that ayahuasca kind of told me that I had to do, um, people that I had to speak to and, um, have very, you know, deep conversations with, uh, my parents, um, family members, um, you know, loved ones mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, certain situations and scenarios were brought up, um, during those, those, uh, ceremonies. And I was, I was forced to, to do the work when I came back to not forced to, it was definitely a choice, my choice to, to, mm -hmm. to talk to those people and create those conversations. But, um, yeah, that was so important and so healing and so transformative. It's more than just going down there and then experiencing what the plant can can show you which is like these images of your life and things that have happened to you and things that you've done wrong things that other people have done wrong to you and how you can make amends with that and in yourself and then and then with the people affected so that that was so important um to to have those conversations with people and to 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 forgive and to to feel the love and and you know and 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 then just find your way that you can still remain connected in a spiritual sense but not um like like you still gotta you gotta get to work you gotta do your thing you get you time mm -hmm. time in in this world in the first world that you know it's not uh you you got to grind it's <laughs> you know the cost of living is is high and you got to you got to find a way to live out here um so you really got to you got to get get to it and and if you don't like you're you're caught slipping so but you still have to find a way to s remain um connected to this 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 the spirit your spirit and the spiritual world that's around you and these entities and 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 this this increased knowledge that you can get and i think what you're talking about with with as a musician for us um you know having that openness to 
understanding that there is this other world is like it's a simple thing when we write songs and when we're playing our instruments and when that thing happens to us where a creation is born out of nothing and we make something that wasn't there prior and we look back on it and go how in the fuck did that just happen like I did that no I did not do that you know what I mean there's some sort of creative divine force that I tapped into and it flowed through me and made that thing happen and I was just a magical lucky vessel that was able to capture that little piece and bring it into this fabric of existence and um you know that i think that's a natural thing for musicians or any creatives that you know have have that tap into that divine and that power even comedians anybody who's like you know felt that in the zone even people who go mountain biking or snowboarding or surfing or whatever and just get into that like playing basketball or any any kind of activity where they get into that zone and and become something more than themselves when they start doing things that seem humanly impossible and you go whoa like there's there's some uh, next level shit going on here. You know what I mean? Even just in our lives, in the people that we meet and the things that we do and how the circumstances happen where you kind of just sit back and go, there's some sort of thing going on here. That's way bigger than me and way bigger than, you know, this, this table that I'm knocking on and, and the atoms that are fucking nothing. There's, there's something beyond this veil that yes, I think a hundred percent, the matrix did a great job in, in opening that for people. There's a line in my latest song where I said, DMT helped me see into the matrix. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, cause it literally, it's just like this, that, that has a great, depiction of this this veil of reality that we're all kind of in and and it helps us to step back outside of that reality and kind of look at it from another perspective and another view and go um yeah it's just it seems weird and that that fucking telephone scene where she like you know the telephone and and like go into the other dimension when i had my breakthrough this year on dmt i fuck it was like that telephone call like literally i came out of the fucking the trip like 30 45 minutes after i hit it i came out of it and it was like i made this like super weird sound like i fucking went came out of a a wormhole and i was like whoa that was like the telephone scene in the matrix like straight up i was a trip um yeah it's it's uh it's crazy that you know there's this other there's this other dimension going on and it's not something that is you know talked about very much i i have hopes high hopes that in the future in in schools this is going to be something that they're going to talk about with kids you know what i mean how can they not how can they not start talking about dmt or 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 even you know psilocybin and and mushrooms and stuff like that like how can I just, I don't know. I, I guess I, I can sit and say, how can they, but there's a ton of other shit that they don't teach us in schools. And I'm like, how can they not teach us that either? Like, fuck. But yeah. I feel like eventually somehow they're going to get to a point where we're going to have to start teaching kids this. I couldn't imagine like if, I don't know. I've, is, I don't even know if there's an age. Well, there's it in Peru. Like how young are some of these kids that are doing ayahuasca ceremonies because i know when we were when we were there the sh- the shaman had had their kids like in the ceremonies with us obviously they weren't drinking the tea i don't think they were just kind of like mm-hmm. holding space with us 
but um and obviously can get affected by it too the one little girl got uh some sort of demon like either came to her or scared the shit out of her she was crying the one night like really really bad and and had a really hard time um but like how young are kids that uh that partake in the uh, in the ceremony like what's the the youngest age that they i guess are allowed to Mm -hmm. by their parents if that's even a thing yeah, well, I'm not really sure about the youngest because, again, this is one of the things that you know, it, it depends on the maestro. They kind of, you know, if, if they feel like their kid is going to be walking the path and they, they might start them at a very early age. I've I've heard, you know, it, it's not uncommon for, you know, if if your dad is a curandero to have you drink ayahuasca uh, for the first time when you're when you're 10 years old. Mm-hmm. But That's what I was um, the thing is, is, uh, you know, the. um the whole concept of being cognizant of uh, spiritual forces that are around you all the time, this is one of the things that's really woven into the culture. So you grow up believing it. You yeah. hear these stories all the time. And so when they finally take ayahuasca and they see, you know, spirits coming and visiting them and stuff, it's not really that much of a surprise to them because they've grown up in a cultural context where all of that is kind of commonplace. Mm-hmm. So totally. Um, yeah. And especially like with dieting with the plants and stuff like that, it's, uh, you know, over here, it's, it's kind of like the norm. <laughs> so it's over where we are, as we were talking about earlier, it's like science is the paradigm that we are kind of brought up in science and religion primarily where, you know, the, the priest in the church might act as like the kind of intermediary by reading the Bible or something like that. And, you know, there's, there's some advantages to, religion as there is with science because for instance it's like our uh, our value systems what we held in the west are based in judeo-christian va- values primarily like the uh, the spark of divinity that exists within every individual and the reason we have the criminal justice system mm-hmm. um uh, just kind of shows that you know we have religion to thank for that and it's like given the, the history of how the world has operated prior to the instantiation of those kinds of um, systems it's like it's a miracle that 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 came around even in the first place so like mm-hmm. it's i'm not trying to denigrate science or religion because they've, they've actually given us a lot more than we like to uh than we like to admit totally um but yeah um yeah but to to answer your question again it's just um some some kids start very young it depends on if they actually want to pursue being a, a curandero or something like that at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it seems like because it's been popularized a little bit, uh, dare I say, um, <laughs> these, these kids are now seeing where before, you know, the, the curanderos down in the jungle, most of them are very, or most of them, you know, just kind of, live, you know, over in the west we stay uh oh uh oh I'm losing you from yeah yeah now they see people like from our culture and um understanding that these are people with a lot of uh discipline in this particular area of life and you know the white people come over to the the tribesmen and then they you know they're treating him with like a lot of respect and all this stuff and then the kids kind of go like hmm I think I want to do that, which is good. And it's, and, and not so good depending on their, their motivations for wanting to do it. Are they just doing it for money? Are they just doing it because they actually want to help people? Mm -hmm. These are, 
you know, the things that need to be taken into consideration when uh, dealing with any person, because we all have those kinds of characteristics. And I, um, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was, uh, you know, the, the unconscious and everything like that. No, um, I found some of the times when I do have dark visions and ceremonies, I like to think of what that dark, um, vision might be trying to tell me is that that's a part of myself that I'm actually like suppressing somehow. Mm-hmm. And then it, and, but it's being made conscious because we do have, um, what you might call light and dark elements, you know, light element being something like compassion and then maybe darkness being aggression. But, um, you know, your aggression is not something that you want to have kind of completely envelop your personality and stuff. Um, maybe aggression could be construed as like being able to put up boundaries between, you know, you and other people in a, in a healthy manner. So, if, mm-hmm. so you don't become like much of a pushover or, exactly. you know, stand your ground when you're being bullied, for example, it's <laughs> like those, even those dark qualities have, you know, Purpose. a place inside of your life. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, with the, with the integration, you want to be able to weave the two together so that you become a, you know, a powerful and a useful person at the end of the day. Yeah. Everything in moderation, I always suggest too. So it's like, yeah, you can be aggressive, but if you make your whole life about being aggressive and you're super against everybody and everything that comes against you, it's, you're, you're going to end up rubbing people the wrong way and probably not having Mm -hmm. good relationships in your life. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so important to understand that balance and, and to know that like, yeah, if you're completely compassionate, easygoing, like, Oh, no problem. Yeah, sure. Do whatever you want. I'll I'll, I'll go along with whatever you become this easy pushover that people can take advantage of. So you have to have that balance that, that Mm -hmm. yin and yang inside you. So, I mean, that's, that's important to recognize even when you're having those visions and you're having the, the dark visions is to, like realize that that's a part of you too and and we have to love that that part of ourselves as well and not hate it and not be so upset at ourselves for you know the like we have a smart part of our brain and a dumb part of our brain and a lot of the times like we get mad at ourselves for making stupid or silly choices or or dumb decisions or whatever and we got to understand that like Mm -hmm. there's there's both sides to it and each everything that we do teaches us something about ourselves and and creates a lesson in it that like that helps us to develop who we are as people and become better people um one of the things that I really wanted to touch on um, with you um, was the the shamans that you've worked with, and <clears throat> because specifically um, this the the shaman that we had a chance to work with when we went down there um, seemed you know beautiful with with seemed like had had great intentions, seemed like a very loving and very kind. Um, gentle human being right and um obviously we've had conversations post you um not working with him anymore due to some situations and some um some things that came up that came to the light uh, that you guys uh, were made aware of so uh i'd really loved you to if you can talk on that a little bit and and, and full disclosure on the whole situation because i think it's very important for people to know that um you know there are healers in this space that uh, have good intentions and do want to help but then are still haunted by their own personal demons and have their own struggles and also live in a culture that is completely different than you know western 
westernized culture and you know there's certain things that you know are more accepted in their culture that aren't accepted in our culture and things that um you know that you guys became aware of that that really turned you guys off from working with that uh, specific healing center anymore and um yeah i mean if you can be as transparent as possible on on what the yeah, situation no, was and and uh, and what kind of happened why you're working with wheeler now and not with uh with him anymore and uh, kind of yeah. what, what happened so what yeah okay what happened. beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah so when i had uh, initially gotten invested in pursuing an apprenticeship um this guy was the uh the one who wanted to take me under his wing and uh, be able to train me. Um, when uh, we had initially um, made the agreement, um, I thought I was just coming down to do the apprenticeship. Uh, but the as I was doing my training, he wanted me to uh, open a center along with him. So to kind of go into business, uh, as it were, together. So I, uh, re- I agreed. Um, and started formulating a vision for the center and what we wanted to have it represent. Um, we went ahead and, uh, things were, were getting, you know, well underway. We had some, uh, construction. Uh, we built like a Maloka, which is the healing circle where the ayahuasca ceremonies take place. Um, and we were getting regular traffic and things were, were going pretty well. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, like I said before, we in the West, particularly, uh, when we're getting very interested in spiritual ideas and concepts, uh, and then we find people who are embedded in a culture where, um, this is just kind of part of their everyday reality and they become masters to some extent in a, in a particular disciplinary field. Um, we look at them as if they have, you know, they can do no wrong and they are, um, you know, we put them kind of, uh, like on a pedestal mm-hmm. as being this, you know, um, uh, what would you call them? <laughs> like sapient paragon of wisdom or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like demigod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, a lot of us have a very hard uh, and ruthless awakening to the fact that these people are actually just as human as you are. And, uh, you know, they fall mm-hmm. prey to the same, um, uh, emotions of greed and envy and all the, what you might call negative emotions and negative motivations. Um, it just became apparent to me over time that I was, uh, actively being manipulated for money and, uh, for, uh, I, I kind of, saw as time went on that he was kind of falling out of line with the original purpose that we had put forward for, uh, the center to be centered around. Um, and as I gradually became more and more aware of that realization, I kind of wanted to push it down and be like, Oh no, but cause I'd already moved over here. I had invested so much, you know, effort, time and money into, you know, building, this infrastructure where, you know, we were going to help people. And now I have this whole new life where I can, you know, train and help all these people and blah, 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 blah. Um, come to find that, uh, I was being lied to, I was being stolen from, I was being manipulated and all that stuff. And, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm no perfect individual myself. I have my own misgivings and, you know, times where I faltered and, you know, um, 
like I said, I'm not the perfect person, but the thing that we need to remember when, especially when we're dealing with tribal people who have not been part of the capitalist model of living for very long, um, is that they don't really understand the nature of finance and how it works. Um, and yes, exactly. And, uh, the, the nature of reciprocation, taking the money that you get into the business and putting it back into the business to make it better. Um, these are things that we had a lot of, uh, we had a really hard time addressing because the component of greed was very apparent there. And, you know, it's not like I was without fault either because I was just kind of going along with it. And, uh, like I said, the, the thing about what I was talking about with boundaries, I wasn't being as, uh, aggressive as I should have been for mm -hmm. being able to defend my position, uh, for where I thought it was that we should be going and the, the purposes for why we were doing what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, Basically, uh, the final nail in the coffin was um, my my teacher had, uh, we, there was a, a festival that was going on. Uh, it was like an anniversary of the community. And, you know, it's a, it's a very big deal for this particular community because I think it was only about, uh, I don't even think it was 50 years old. Uh, so the celebrations came out. And, you know, there's a stage up, there's a beauty pageant, there's a concert and everybody's, you know, having some drinks and just having a good time. Um, and he uh, uh, <laughs> struck his wife in front of everybody um, for the whole village to see, whereby we um, and we weren't present for it when it happened. But um, everybody in the village was talking about it the following morning. Um, and it didn't really feel good to be affected by the actions of another person in that regard. Um, because inevitably, if everybody knows about it and everybody knows that your center has this guy kind of at the helm, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the village is not going to treat you with respect. And mm -hmm. if the village doesn't treat you with respect where you're operating out of, that felt very artificial and... Um, what's the word for it? Very disappointing to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, so it was at that point that we decided that, okay, I, I need to, or yeah, we need to like, we just need to leave because the, you know, the things were already building up to that point, And that was just kind of like the thing that sparked it off. Mm -hmm. And that's when we were like, okay, yeah, we got, we have to move. We have to find somebody who's at least in line integrally with, you know what the work entails um and the thing is i've uh, i've come to a place of forgiveness for him obviously he hasn't had an easy life um and the thing is uh if we were born into this culture and uh you know do the things that they did when they were um developing and all this stuff we would probably have the same philosophies and actually perform the same actions that these tribal people or the Shipibo would. Yeah. Um, I don't really see us as very different in the grand scheme of things. It's just that, um, uh, how do I put it? Just give me a minute here. I'm trying to formulate my thoughts on what I want to say. So it's a little bit, uh, 
clearer. <laughs> well, it's just like even even just how how you know they don't have the infrastructure in place for it in the sense of what you're saying with the criminal justice system. It's like with mm-hmm. with that in those villages, like wives that get hit by their husbands, they don't have somebody to turn to. There's no number they can call for domestic exactly. violence. It's not even talked about most of the time. You know what I mean? It's just stay mm-hmm. quiet and you know that's just is what it is so yeah and and, yeah. and the kids grow up with that and you know everybody grows up with that so they just see it and you know but obviously they're you know some of <clears throat> people don't accept it as just like oh that's an okay thing to do because obviously as you said the village was talking about it and they were not you know in support of it in any sense they you know you were you felt like people were not respect would would not respect you being a part of that if that's you know kind of the the image that is being portrayed from that center so you know yeah it's it's still something that people do obviously not to support but it's yeah it's definitely not anything like how it is here in the western world in the fact that like you you put your hands on a woman and chances are you're going to jail you know what i mean like he's there's there's no more ayahuasca ceremony after that it's like you're going behind bars buddy for a little bit until you can learn your lesson that that's not an okay thing to do um but uh but yeah, yeah i mean it's just it's it's a totally different world there Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's sad that it happened. And again, it's like we, I was putting him on the pedestal and it was very easy for him to kind of fall off. And, mm-hmm. but the thing is, um, is that, um, one of the things that I've learned from being here for as long as I have and, seeing as many very good curanderos as I have, like, uh, there's some guys who can do, they could run circles around, um, Diego, him Diego. Yeah. particular. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to out him. Out him. <laughs> yeah. 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 You no, know, there's some guys who can do some absolutely crazy talented things and just perform miracles right before your eyes. Um, but even them in their personal lives, they, they, there's issues with, you know, again, like it's, touching women, um, alcoholism, uh, manipulating people for money. Yeah. There's alcoholism. Um, they're, they're just people, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, they have their own misgivings and they have, you know, things that might not have fully been addressed from working with the medicine, but, and it, it's an imperfect world, shall we say. And some people use the medicine for, you know, brujeria or, you know, another word for that is sorcery. Yeah. Uh, either to, you know, create illusions or whether they're deliberately wanting to harm people. And then there's other people who are actually in it for the, for the right reasons. But even the, I like to, I like to bring up Bill Cosby quite a lot when, uh, when I talk to Pasajeros because, or, uh, Pasajeros meaning the guests, um, because here's Bill Cosby. He's this prolific, lovable guy. Been, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, so, you know, to the African-American community, he's like the the pinnacle of he brought comedy and black people like up together with the rise of his fame and his notoriety. But he's got another side to his personality where he's also the most prolific serial rapist who's ever lived, essentially. And it's like I like to bring that example up because it's like we as individuals are actually not so different. Ultimately, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a rapist. Let me make that very clear. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, 
but in terms of having maybe darker elements of my personality that maybe I'm not completely aware of, those definitely exist. There are times where I get um, angry about, you know, mundane things. And there are times where maybe I don't act, even now, maybe there's times where I don't act the, the way that my quote unquote higher self would maybe commend as respectable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we all have, uh, it's like what you were talking about before There's, you know, the, the smart part of your brain and then the dumb part of your brain. And sometimes the dumb one takes over and goes, Oh, this seems like a good idea to do. And then the smart one later goes, Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's like, we're always caught in this duality of, uh, of, you know, going between smart brain and going between dumb brain. Um, and both kind of need each other because I, uh, you know, in, in, in being dumb, you're being kind of like a fool. And from an archetype, archetypical standpoint, like the, the fool needs to make himself known so that the savior can kind of come forth and the, the person who bears wisdom can kind of sweep in and, you know, the, but the, the fool also is able to tell the truth in, in some kind of a weird way. And so by the fool speaking the truth in, and what I'm trying to say with, with that is like when you act outside of the realm of your own ideal, which, uh, which we've all done, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> then the wisdom that you extract from that would be like the savior component. And so all of these multiple personalities that we all kind of carry on in our psyche are, are all entirely like dependent on each other to bring us new information and um, bring new behaviors forward and and stuff like that. And they're part of our personality development. I really feel big time. Yeah. The fool needs to make mistakes for us to learn so that we Mm -hmm. can discover, you know, how to become better or how to, how to just navigate through this life in a, in a way that makes us feel good at the end of the day. Um, and, and feel happy and feel, and feel fulfilled essentially. Um, you were saying that there's, there's people, um, how do you say it? Current, current arrows, current arrows. Is that it? Mm -hmm. Current arrows. There's some current arrows who do mind blowing magical things. Um, do you have any specific examples of things that you've seen or witnessed that they, mm-hmm. that any other, you know, people that you've worked with in that space that they've done before your eyes that you were just like, Holy shit, my jaw yeah. is dropping right now. Like, how is this possible? Yeah. Cause I can like bring up a couple from what happened during even the ayahuasca ceremonies <laughs> that I was in, but I'm sure you've got tons. Is there anything specifically that, that stuck yeah. out where you were like, Holy shit. Yeah, well, um, the last one was actually my last. Had been completed. It was the, it was the final ceremony to kind of complete this uh, five month isolation diet I was doing with a plant called Toe. And Toe is actually I don't know if you do you know what Datura is? No. No. Okay. So, um, Toe is very closely related to this plant called Datura, and Toe has this. Uh, um, alkaloid in it that's called scopolamine. Um, scopolamine was in the Vice documentary um, called the the scariest drug in the world. So it's uh, they use it in Colombia and synthesize it synthesize it from these plants uh, and in like this cocaine like production where they're just refining it and making the, the pure uh, the pure alkaloid. 
to be able to turn people basically into zombies that are at the behest of suggestion. So like you can get dosed with scopolamine and then people get, um, you know, taken to ATMs and then these people who dose them will be like, just give me all your money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then sometimes they, there's other horrible things that they can Jesus have. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Um, but this plan, um, <laughs> this the the plant that has you know it, it has I, i'm not taking like the refined um powder or whatever it's like i'm taking the full the plant, plant with yeah. The, yeah with the with the intention of like learning from it and showing the medicine or having having it show me the medicine that it has to teach and all this stuff and it was a very uh crazy kind of experience because it's it's very hallucinatory and um one of the things I would experience, uh, you know, when you, when you take it, your mouth gets really dry and you walk around like you're drunk. It, it feels like I've drank like 20 beers from taking like a concoction of like three to five leaves of this stuff. And while, while you're intoxicated, you're hallucinating, um, things like people coming into the room and having conversations with you. I was in isolation when I was taking it and, you know, but you're sitting there and you're having a conversation just like I'm having with you. But if you were like person to person and then uh, all of a sudden some words will come out of your mouth a little weird. Like the last three words will be like, blah, blah, blah. and you're like, what? And then the people go silent and then disappear. And then you realize that you were just talking to the wall the entire time. And uh, so I spent five months with this plant, um, not taking it every day, but I did have to take it for uh, two weeks in a row um, every day. And the intoxication lasts for about three days in total. Um, and, you know, it's it's not uncommon for people to try and do dietas with this stuff and end up in the psych wards or uh, mental institutions or, um, you know, other um, bad things can happen to them. Um, but for me, it was, it was actually quite gentle because like in the uh, in the midst of the hallucinations, I was actually getting visited by uh, this um, this. Uh, again with the woman the, there's there seems to be this <laughs> this thing with the plants coming to to me as uh feminine entities um but she was always like kind of coming by my bed and saying some things da, 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 and but i could never really remember what they were maybe she'd come and like lay down by my bed as if we were like having a conversation and all this stuff and this was the the spirit of toei having a active dialogue with me but uh you know i i i was kind of um hesitant about um, doing the diet in the first place because I initially wanted to do it when when uh, the COVID lockdowns were happening because I was again having visions of what I thought was the Toei spirit and sure enough again just following the intuition proved to be true um, but um, what happened in my closing ceremony was uh, you know Wheeler was singing this very powerful Ikaro and uh, you know uh, I. I remember hearing that people had gone crazy on Toei and all this stuff, but I was, I was very timid and very calm and like, you know, I just kind of sat in my room and hallucinated and okay, yeah, this is all right. I'm not losing my, well, I am crazy, but like, I'm kind of conscious that I'm crazy. Okay. This is kind of cool. And, uh, but I finally did lose my mind in that ceremony where he was um, singing for me. He was singing this very fast and powerful Ikaro, which is a, a song that gets taught to you directly by the plants. And, uh, I had my first ever lapse of, um, I wouldn't quite call it psychosis. It was just like, I, I was seated outside of the bathroom making these weird kinds of noises like, and I, I was totally not aware of what I was doing, but 
inside of like the celestial realm or whatever, it, it felt like the, uh, the spirit of Toei was showing me all of my projections about who I thought I was and the nature of the reality around me. And then the spirit of the plant was actually like binding itself to my being for, for the rest of my life. And it's this very powerful, overwhelming, um, like I, I can think of like basically any adjective that you want to attach to it. That's what it was because it was really just like showing me the whole non-dual nature of the reality that we live in. There is no bad. There is no good. There is no single. There is no division. There is no, you know, up, down, black, white. All of it is just kind of collapsed in, into like one thing. And that is like the present moment, I, I guess, if you wanted to summarize it correctly. Uh, or not even correctly, but yeah, the, again, with the, trying to Englishize it, sometimes it can be pretty, um, pretty tough to do. But um, the fact that Wheeler was able to channel that for me uh, from the Toei plant was um, it shattered my world, but in the most beautiful, in the most beautiful way where I, I felt like I actually reaped a lot of uh, benefit from it. And uh I, I guess he's feeling the same way because when he returns for, he's in Denmark, right? Or is he in Denmark right now? What day is today? Yeah. Anyway, when, once we have uh, traffic coming through again, he's going to actively have me um, uh, doing co-support inside of the space. So I'll kind of be like a, like the, um, what would you call it? Yeah. Well, co-support is probably the best word. So I've, after that experience, I kind of felt like I, I graduated a little bit, a little bit like now before I was like a, like a toddler who was still wearing diapers and now I'm up and I'm walking and I can kind of like go to the bathroom by myself and I, like, I can wipe my ass like a big boy. kind of. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So for that one, particularly you feel like that plant is now the plant spirit has kind of <clears throat> somewhat merged in some sort of symbiosis with your spirit for eternity mm -hmm. that's what it yeah that's what it feels like but um yeah toys toys primarily used to be able to get um better uh clarification on what's going on inside of the body and mind of a patient so it kind of gives you the the ability to be able to to see and do like what you might call like a body scan to be able to see like where there's intrusions, what needs to be extracted and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. And it definitely feels that way when I'm, even when I'm not in ceremony, but you know, it's, you kind of get these like little intuitions about what it's, it's not quite like you're able to read people's minds, but you're able to read their kind of like energetic profile without really knowing that that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And because like some weird thoughts will kind of like, start coming into your head about like maybe it's something that they're concerned about but you kind of got to stay like like quiet about it <laughs> you know what i mean is it so it's like a, almost a, a telepathic like reading where it's like you're just kind of looking and scanning them and these things are popping up as as <clears throat> words inside your brain that you're just starting to interpret like what's going on or what's going wrong and then, like you say, you've got to kind of keep that inside. You can't really vocalize that too much right off, well, off yeah, to that, it, that it would, person. It would just be kind of like intrusive to kind of come over to somebody who, yeah, you know, totally. a stranger, for example, and then just start talking about what what's going might wrong. be. Yeah. yeah, what's going wrong or what's going right. It's like yeah. it, it doesn't it, – yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out how to um, amalgamate that – 
kind of experience and try and just kind of, <laughs> you know, keep to myself. And it's like, but if, if somebody wants to open up a dialogue, then we can kind of, you know, go back and forth and then, you know, be able to relay what it is that, you know, their energetic profile or whatever is telling me, but it's like, you know, you want to be able to keep that in check. You don't want to, have, you know, just go around. Oh, I can say, and then like, I'll oh, line up. Let's, let's fucking have the, have, you know, big, make a big deal about it. Cause it's, yeah, again, it's just, it's part of the training. Yeah. But it is cool. You, mm-hmm. there's definitely, I'm sure it's some part of you that you're just like, wow, this is crazy cool that I can see this now because you didn't you weren't able to see that as clearly before I'm sure and now after yeah. that experience you're like it's like some sort of like uh, extra sensory goggles you just put on where now that you're looking at people you're seeing and hearing and feeling new sensations that you totally more before that must be incredible to to feel and mm-hmm. and must be beautiful in the sense to know that that's even possible you know what i mean and i really feel like you know just listening to people like elon musk talking about the future and and how he thinks that you know communication is going to go in the future we're not going to be talking like we're talking now it's going to be a lot more um some sort of fucking interconnected thoughts speaking process that's happening where we're we're a lot more naked in a sense because our thoughts and our feelings are going to be able to be interpreted by other people in a way and technology might be a result of that in in a little in a sense i think because of the way that um cameras and stuff can read body language so if your brain had some sort of chip in it that recognized small subtle body language movements and things like that in people it's obviously going to give you some sort of extra knowledge about that person or things that they're going through or even just a whole generalization about them as a person just the way that they sit or the way that they talk or the way that they move their hands or the way that they shuffle or do simple things like that so it's going to be technology is going to get to a point where we're going to start looking at people and reading them and seeing them in a whole new light and it's going to make us as well become more naked in the sense of like our our fucking thoughts and our feelings are going to be front and center for people to be able to see just by looking at us. I think that's, that's coming, I think in the future and, and, and like you, you're there already. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you, I think you can get there without technology because there's some sort of other shit that's going on that once you can connect into it it's way more powerful than any sort of technology and any sort of supercomputer that's out there when you can you know truly dive in and tap into the collective consciousness or whatever fabric of the universe that there is however you can just somehow break into that and be able to see these things through that experience like what you had i mean it's uh it's amazing it's incredible i think it's uh it's 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 mind-boggling it's the future i think people need to start opening their minds and eyes to these other possibilities of of alternate forms of consciousness and i'm so thankful for people like you that <clears throat> can become this uh this bridge between the, those cultures and you know the western world 
um, I think for, for me and for Kristen, you know, going down and taking the trip into to Peru, to the jungle to do this, we needed somebody like you, somebody that, um, you know, could make this experience feel a little bit more comfortable to us and not feel so alien. Like you were from Guelph and shit. We're like, yo, this guy's from Guelph and he's in Peru. Like, this is lit. Like how, like, you know, like this, okay. He's just like us. You know what I mean? We can do this too. And, uh, and, and, and found you and said, Hey, like, let's, let's make this happen. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for, for being there, for doing the work that you, that you're doing right now. Um, I think it's it's just going to keep growing. Um, I, I really do, you know, think that plant medicine is is way more powerful than pharmaceuticals and it can literally help. Like I have so many people I've talked to about ayahuasca since I've come from the jungle, my friend, like, um, I'm trying to spread it around to as not, not in this weird, like, Hey, you should do ayahuasca. But if people start talking about issues that they're having or any sort of curiosity in the psychedelic realm, I'm instantly like, Hey, like, have you heard about this? Like, it's fucking pretty powerful and some people are either like no never heard of that before or some are like oh i've heard a couple of things but like tell me more i'm curious you know what i mean like people want to know um what what it's all about um it's becoming starting to get talked about more in the in the mainstream and and starting to uh to become something that uh the doctors are even um you know going to be doing clinical trials on soon um so uh I, at least i heard with with dmt specifically in the uk just recently like a week ago they just announced something about um they're going to be doing the first clinical trials um in regards to helping patients with i think depression and, and a couple other things with dmt um so that's massive and i think that ayahuasca Beautiful. is like right in like it's next on the on the line you know what i mean like very soon they're going to be taking mm -hmm. clinical trials and and getting those double blind placebo effect fucking bullshit tests that they need for the yeah. scientific yeah. world to be like oh this shit really works oh fuck okay mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then the rest of people to catch on and be like oh my god we might have just stumbled on something that could potentially cure the entire world of like all of its ailments i don't like when you're with her and when you're doing this this medicine like that's how i felt like i literally felt like she could cure fucking anything you know what i mean like any anything that you're that, that you're facing like even cancer even you know diseases that people like scoliosis or you know rheumatoid arthritis or whatever like any kind of diseases any kind of things and obviously internal mental issues anxiety depression ptsd all these kinds of things like it literally feels like she could cure people of all of those things um and using these plant medicines and and having these ceremonies and and obviously doing them in 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 the proper way as well like going to the right places where you're literally right there immersed in the culture and hearing the ikaros from from the people who who have have learned them and even from from yourself like you you were singing some badass ikaros when we were down there um you know just uh you know that that's having that energy and, and, and being in that environment, I think it's, it's beautiful. It's important. And I think that more people need to hear about it and need to have conversations about it. And, and we could just keep spreading it to, to the world, man. Keep, keep trying to fucking get, get this out there. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, dude, uh, the time that you and Christian were down, it like, I'm, I, I feel so privileged to know people like you and like, uh, you're, you're such a good dude and I Thank love you. what you're doing with your life. And I like, uh, you know, like I said, it's like from musician to musician, mucho respect, but as, as a man to another man, it's like mucho respect as well. So it's, Thank yeah, you. it, that's the really nice thing about being able to do this work is to come into uh, contact with cool people like yourself and be able to help in any kind of way. Um, and uh, this is, this is just what I want to do with my life. And so far it's the only thing that I find <laughs> worthwhile in pursuing. So I'm, I'm very glad that you were a part of my journey. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You helped me a lot. Uh, there's, there were some some very special moments that we shared together down there. A lot of tears, a lot of laughter, um, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, just just connecting. And uh, damn, that Wachuma was a crazy one that day. Swimming in <laughs> swimming in the in in the you know the Amazon River. Like you're just like what? Like what is this? Is this <laughs> real life? Like what? Like <laughs> like yeah, crazy crazy times. Um, and yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I can't say enough enough good things about it. Even even with all the the craziness of being in the middle of of literally nowhere, where you're taking one plane to one city, then another plane to another city, then hopping on a boat for a few hours up a river, then walking an hour into a jungle in the literally yeah. the middle of nowhere. Um, it was so special and so amazing, and uh, and I would definitely highly encourage anybody to, who ever gets a chance or the opportunity to do it to. Um, to give it a shot and um yeah i mean fucking find out as much as you can about it and and uh see if it's right for you and yeah don't don't jump onto the bandwagon just because it's something that's like the cool thing or the type to do right now or like ooh, i, I want to go try this out because i'm gonna have a cool trip if if you really have uh you know pure intentions you're gonna go down there and you're gonna you're gonna have some incredible experiences from it so yeah man i'm <laughs> i'm super stoked that i that i got the chance to do it and and so just yeah i'm just happy i'm so i'm so fucking happy that that uh that what was shown to me was shown to me and um yeah i'm gonna shout it from the rooftop you know tell the whole world as many people <laughs> as i can like this is something that's out there and it's special and it's amazing and um you know i know a lot of people are gonna listen to this and there's people that have gone through spiritual experience in their li- experiences in their lives that they didn't even realize were spiritual moments and then after in reflection they're gonna look back and be like damn like that actually that was something powerful that like changed my life you know what i mean and and uh and hopefully people will start realizing the impact the importance of their spirit and understanding the importance of that mind body soul connection and realizing that it all works together and like you said at the beginning of this you know when when your soul is damaged and when your soul is hurting like good luck with having you know your body solid and your mind solid because when your soul is damaged it's going to affect those other areas like Mm -hmm. heavily so um you know it's 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 paramount and something that is on the back burner of a lot of people's minds and a lot of people's times is spending any sort of energy on 
their spirit, but it's something that I think is so paramount and something that needs to be brought into the forefront. So we're going to keep continue doing it, continue with conversations like these, definitely get you on, on again in the future. And we'll go, go even deeper into the rabbit hole. Cause I, even though this has been probably the longest podcast that I've, that I've had so far, I still feel like we've barely scratched the fucking surface, dude. Cause there's no. so much. <laughs> it's a very big world, man. Right. And like I could, for yeah. hours as well every, <laughs> every story that i asked you to tell about something i know that there's another 10 or 100 stories mm-hmm. very similar just <laughs> as explosive and mind-blowing so uh, we'll have to get into into more of them in the future um thanks again for your time brother thanks for your energy thanks for uh for everything that you do out there and yeah man i'm i'm just uh i'm stoked for you i'm stoked for for everything that you're gonna continue to to discover on this journey and um yeah i'm excited to to talk to you again about more of it and and more of your discoveries all right thank you very much man and thanks for the invitation to have me on it was a it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend and i'm very glad we are we are friends and that you were we had the i had the privilege of being able to you know come into contact with you a local brother (laughs) down here in the jungle so yeah man the feeling is very mutual so Mucho respeto, mano y mano. <laughs> Thank you. Much love, man. I'm feeling the tingles, the vibes, good energy. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a blessing to know you, man. Blessing to be friends. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll definitely be connecting soon. All right, man. Peace. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, you too. And have a Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, dude. <laughs> All right. Take care, brother. Right. Adios, bro. Adios. So that is the podcast episode with the homie Bryce, uh, all the way from Pucalpa, Peru. Crazy conversation, going deep about all sorts of stuff, ayahuasca related and just, uh, you know, shamanic, demonic, even in some situations there, um, talking about, you know, everything in the spirit realm. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and yeah, dive into the rabbit hole that is ayahuasca there's a ton of videos and and information online about it so um yeah dive down the rabbit hole thank you guys so much peace love and respect